a registered charity in the northeast of England in the UK. Visit our website for information on all our activities at youngwomensfilmacademy.co.uk where you can also donate online. Hello everyone, my name is Akisha and I'm a member of the Young Women's Film Academy. Due to current circumstances, some of us girls have been connecting with key workers to discuss their experience. Today I'm happily joined by a special guest who I'm going to let introduce herself. Thank you. Um, my name's Karen and Marshall. I'm a nurse consultant in a busy hospital in the respiratory department. So Karen, can you tell me how your routine was before COVID-19? and what has changed since the pandemic started? Well, before, before COVID-19, we, I used to run uh, clinics at a hospital for patients with respiratory problems who feel anxious or depressed. And we were very, a really busy department. We would see 17,000 patients, 100, often 100 a day. Um, as soon as COVID-19 hit, obviously all visits to the hospital have stopped. We had to focus on inpatient care, looking after very sick people with COVID-19. So all outpatient work has stopped, more or less, apart from very urgent cases like lung cancer or cystic fibrosis, patients who need some um, urgent treatment. And my clinic had to change to, normally I see patients face to face, and it had to change to telephone consultations. So now I sit at home, um, with the with the you know the earphones and, and like a call call center uh, um, employee um, ringing patients, but patients seem to like it. But that's a massive change for us, going from a really hectic, busy department to like a ghost town. And do you feel like um, well, of course, COVID has affected your work loads because you know you were saying that it's went from being really busy now being a ghost town. And um, do you see like? Is there any other factors that you were quite surprised that COVID um, impacted, especially in your work life? Yes, we've had it, we've had to change everything. Um, how we work, um, where people work. Luckily, I was asked to stay where I am and continue with my clinics by telephone um, because I've got asthma, so I couldn't go to work on a COVID ward. Um, so people, luckily, it hasn't necessarily changed what I do but you know it's been very worrying for some of my colleagues who had to move other places change change areas where they, they didn't um, know about before um, yes the, the, the whole thing everything's by telephone from from my department and um, if, if at all possible and, and that's really strange to get used to the IT has had to change overnight to, to try and organize computers, laptops, um, video consultations. And I think some of that will be kept going because it's, it's a good thing. Saves people traveling to the hospital, parking, which is difficult. And some things you can discuss over the phone, but it would be nice to see them face to face rather than just on the telephone, especially when you're talking about, you know, upsetting things. It's really nice to see somebody. However, some patients like it and talk to you they're just don't to be bothered and so. i know you briefly um mentioned that like you suffer with asthma so i was wondering um like for in regards to your home life is there any sort of measures that you had to take to protect yourself and maybe your family and have you um 
directly come into contact with like other people, especially in the public, anything like that? Well, well, I live, I live in, in a quiet village in Northumberland with, with my husband and two dogs, but my family are, are, um, are down in, in, in Newcastle area. So um, the first thing I've had to do is not have any contact with anybody else other than my husband, because in the hospital, you may, you're more at risk of, of picking up coronavirus. And I didn't want to risk giving, them to my, giving it to my, for me to pick it up. One is bad for me, but but it'd be terrible if I passed it on to one a member of my family. So we've just been doing video, con, you know, video calls, FaceTime, um, all the every day. Um, for Sunday, for for Sunday lunch, my mum and uh, and I, we we FaceTime. We all have lunch together online. Um, so we've been doing things like that, just so I keep everyone safe. Clearly, in, in I'm lucky we've had all the PPE we need. So in the clinic, or if I do a home visit, I've got the mask, the, the pinny, the, the, the visor, the gloves. And so we've got equipment to take precautions and, and hopefully that, that's helped. I have had an antibody test and I haven't had coronavirus. I knew I hadn't because I hadn't had any symptoms. Um, and I probably wouldn't be here if I did get it, it would know, on my chest. But... Um, so so it's just been keeping myself to myself socially distancing it's been very quiet here everybody we've not seen anybody breaking the rules um so i, I think we've, we've we've been very lucky when i've gone shopping i think that's the biggest risk i thought it, i've got with a mask gloves and i only go once a week so i've put down how many times i shop and I just go once and that's it. Um, try to avoid busy places. I would never go to somewhere like a, a, a shopping centre like Eldon Square or the Metro Centre at the moment. It's, it's, it's definitely not what I'm going to do. So linking to that, um, what do you think about the population's response to social distancing? And do you feel like it, ref like it has a massive impact on your work or not? Well, yes, the, the, the more people stick to it, the less work we've got to do in the hospital. And that's definitely what we want. I think 95% of the population have took social distancing very seriously and stuck to it. But you will always get minority of people who have been having parties and, and just absolutely don't see that their behaviour will have a massive impact on, on what happens to us. You know, if you're not careful, you know, it, 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 I'm shocked at some of the things that you see on the TV. And, then, and I know things like the protest, it's, it's, it's a really good cause. But you see people protesting without any, any face masks on, squashed together. And you just think, this is, going, this is the second wave coming here. It's, the shops yesterday, it was on the TV, you saw people, no, no masks on, crowding around the doors to, to dash into Primark. And I couldn't believe it. Why would you, why would you put yourself at risk or your family? Um, I just, I, I just think that it's, it's. I think that brings you on a, 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 something else. You'll probably ask us later about the government. I think the government haven't locked down quick enough, and are doing things too quick now to break, you know, to get us out of the lockdown. I can understand the economic impact is horrendous, but going to the shops is no good if you're dead. You don't need them. So you've got to, it, it's getting that fine balance between public health and economy. And I don't envy the job, but at the same time, I, I guess you need to be alive to be able to 
be economically viable. So I think that they haven't, um, I think when they look back, they will say they'll have, have done a, a lot of things better. The NHS, we were on our knees beforehand. There wasn't enough nurses, 40,000 nurses short. And the only way we've managed now is because they've stopped everything and just put every, everybody on the coronavirus if they have to. And we can't, there are people, there'll be people dying of cancer because they haven't 20, I saw somewhere, 25% of people with, with signs of breast cancer had gone for screening. So 75% less people have gone for breast cancer screening. Um, you know, so this, you know there's going to be excess deaths because of people not being able to access the treatment that they need. So the NHS can't keep doing it. We've got to try and open up, but it's how do you do that safely and carefully? And that's what they're doing at the moment, working out what's the best way to do it. But every delay just has a, has a knock-on effect on, on, on other people's health. And it's really worrying. So I think that, that hopefully the government will realise they need the NHS and they need the care sector to be well-funded and well, um, you, you know, sort of working well together. Otherwise, we, we, we'll be in a terrible state of affairs. And that's so true, because I was just going to ask as well, um, of course, with the NHS being, you know, not as like that heavily funding, especially during this pandemic, um, they're going to lack a lot of equipment and basic conditions to work in. Um, so what improvements do you think your um, profession could really benefit from or people in similar professions um, as yourself? Well, I think that the thing that I realise is that health and social care works so closely together, but they're not really linked. So a lot of care homes are private care homes, um, and there are some fabul fabulous care homes, but I do think we need a, a national coordinated approach to care of the elderly who can work with the NHS and NHS and public health we all need to work, to work, work um, better together. And they need, they, they, they need public health to keep taking funds off public health. And this is a huge public health issue, coronavirus, affecting thousands and thousands of people, causing thousands and thousands of deaths. And yet the public health budget has gone down. Things like, I think we need to invest in, in services that improve physical activity. Physical inactivity is the fourth leading cause of death. And we don't encourage people to be physically active. It's been nice to see people going for walks. Um, the worrying bit is for people who are stuck in the house shielding, they'll be getting less and less fit. And, and obviously that can affect their mortality. So I worry about the whole thing. There's, it, it's a mess everywhere. And I don't know how they're going, going to address it. And also the people who have survived COVID-19, have gone home they need rehabilitation that they'll be breathless they'll be fatigued they, they'll have you know a lot of symptoms for for many many weeks and months and we need to support them at home not just discharge them home and that and forget about them so rehabilitation is absolutely key so i think that they need to transform health and social care The Young Women's Film Academy 
a unique project providing girls and young women the opportunity to create their own films and digital content under the expertise of an all-female production team. With us living in, well, practically in a global pandemic, um, and understanding from what you were saying, of course, you've been at work still during this time, um, how has this impacted your mental health? Do you feel like there's been a significant change, you know, with a lot of pressure now as well, or it, has it benefited in any sense? My mental health, I think one of the hardest things for me, one is it, it's when you saw it on the television and before it was approached in the UK, it looked horrendous, Italy, Spain. It was frightening to think that, you know, th this is coming and, um, you know, people are dying, uh, you know so so many people die and it it was frightening so that 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 does make you you worry but you want once i've got I, I think and i was on holiday um and and seeing this on the television i think oh my god i'm going to work this i'm a bit scared but actually when i went there i was reassured we've got the equipment it's very organized i i, I felt safer at, at work um so that was so that that worry and anxiety didn't last for long the second thing that I've thought about from a mental health point of view is my family, missing my family. Um, you know, I've got a, a young grandson who's five months and I, I haven't cuddled him since he was four weeks. Um, and, but I wouldn't because I don't want to risk him, him you know, getting any illnesses from me. And, and I've got a little granddaughter who's two and we look, normally look after her two days a week and she can't look after her. So... That's been the hardest thing. So you get a bit low. But I'm a general positive person. And I think that it's made me appreciate what I've got, my family, my friends, you know, the simple things in life. So I'm, I'm Mrs. Positive. And, and I just think, take each day as it comes. That's what I'm trying to do. And just each day as it comes. And I'm busy all the time. And it, the days go like that. I feel like for me personally, coming from like... Um you know i'm i'm in school right now so i i can totally relate to you well of course mine isn't as <laughs> drastic as yours but i can totally relate to you with the home and um, feeling quite anxious with going back because i had my first day back with face-to-face -face contact um yesterday and as soon as i actually got on the school site i was reassured that no there were measures taken to assure that me and my peers were safe and just all of that so I was like all that panicking I could find yes. because of course leading up to it, I was like how is this going to work I, yeah. I don't really feel safe because I also am part of a vulnerable household so I was like I don't want to put any of my family members at risk yeah but when I like finally walked in on the school site and saw how it was I was like okay no this isn't as like as daunting yeah. as I thought so I can totally relate to you in that sense yeah 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 yeah. So you've just got to be positive. I mean, when I phone patients, I, I, I see, I hear um, a lot of patients that live by themselves. This, I'm the only person they've spoke to for weeks. Mm -hmm. And they, you, they, they don't have a house with a garden. They're in a flat. They can't get out. And, and hearing their anxiety, definitely, um, by the end of the day, I, I, you know, I, I feel sad that, that some people are struggling so much. But happy that I've helped in a small way that always, always thank me for phoning and having a chat and, and talk, talking to them. And that always say to me, you keep safe now. 
And so that's really lovely that people are trying to look out for, for me when I'm trying to look out for them. So, so that, uh, that boosts your mood, that you're actually doing something to help. And we're starting a, a post-COVID clinic. So for patients who've been um, discharged home, we're now starting to get them to come back for x-rays, come to the clinic to see if we can help. So I'll be involved in, in that clinic. And, and I just feel quite, quite um, humbled that I can do this and do something. Um, and it's been lovely to see everybody else's response. You know, the clapping, my little neighbour, uh, Winnie across the road, made us scrub bags for our uniforms and she's done face coverings and things. It, it's been so lovely to see, you know, the country pulling together. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 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 until this week, I've been quite proud of Britain, Britain but uh, of the last week, it's all gone a bit pear-shaped. <laughs> um, I definitely feel like one major positive out of this daunting and unprecedented time is definitely the sense of community. I definitely like even something as simple as clapping every Thursday at eight for essential workers and especially NHS workers, or just simply just checking up on each other. Cause I feel like a lot of people have actually started reconnecting. My best family members uh -huh. that I haven't spoken in, to in years that I've spoke to a few times. There's friends that I've became closer with, you know, so many people who I've just became so much closer with during this time. So yeah. That's definitely one big positive. This, yeah, there is a, there is a, there is a lot of of positives out this, and so hopefully we can learn from this and and move forward, but and be a care a better caring society. I I, I hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I've got another question actually, and I'm really interested to see what you think. Um, what do you think is the most important lesson we can learn from this pandemic? I think it's to appreciate the little things in life because. I was so excited to be able to go out for a walk when you're allowed to go out once a day. I was really looking forward to the going out. I thought, this is marvelous. I can go out for a walk. <laughs> it was just the little things in life, you know, and, and, um, it, it just, and how to look after each other. I just so wish people were, were kinder and, and uh, we just looked after each other. It's been nice to see a glimpse of that during this coronavirus. But we have to keep we have to keep it going, and 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 I think, you know, I've I've always said to to sort of to my kids that you know it's 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 the little things that life that make a difference, and and this pandemic has definitely helped. When you see poor countries where they're they haven't they lived in a, in a little shack, and there's you know they've got nothing, um, and and I just think you've got to be grateful for what you've got, um, but help others. And it's fantastic that you know that footballer um, has, has has managed his campaign for children's free school meals, and the government have done a U-turn. What a fantastic young man he is! Uh, what a role model! But he he's he's not forgotten his roots, and he realizes the importance and, and the struggles that people are going through when he's fought for them. And I just think that's great. We just need to do more of that moving forward. How do you think we'll ever actually reach a normal, or do you think we're gonna? normal's going to be redefined after all of this well until yesterday when primark opened i thought i thought the new new normal would be different but but seeing people <laughs> yesterday crowding in the shops like that queuing for three hours it may well go back i don't i think hospital and gp care will be different and i think 
hopefully nursing homes will will get we, we've been developing a, a little video for training people in, in nursing homes because they may get very little training so there's free little youtube videos we've been developing with the um, nhs um, england and um, the academic health science network and and you know for people to to learn about how to look after elderly people so we we, we I don't think it'll go back quite back to normal, um, but it'll be inter interesting to see when the pubs open how people react. In <laughs> <laughs> restaurants, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think people want to shake hands now. I don't want to shake hands, and I think people are, have, have now got used to washing their hands, and hopefully that will continue. And we may see less other diseases going around um than uh than than things but uh yes it's interesting times and um, well karen thank you so much for having this conversation with me it's been so nice to see this perspective of someone who like, is still working and especially in such a key role and i want to thank you on behalf of anyone who's impacted by your work like thank you so much for keeping our society oh. running we wouldn't know what we would do without you to put it simply. No, that's okay. Well, well, thank you for, for, for asking me. It's been a pleasure. The Young Women's Film Academy, a unique project providing girls and young women the opportunity to create their own films and digital content under the expertise of an all-female production team. 